0: Welcome to Please Don't Kick Me Out, a podcast about imposter syndrome. This podcast started with me just kind of interviewing my friends, and now we're at a point where I'm interviewing people who inspire me. Every week you are going to hear how someone else identifies with the feeling of not fitting in and success. So let's just hop into the episode and thank you for all of your continued support. This week's episode features filmmaker Justin. Justin was my first interview this year, so let me be vulnerable with you, listeners. It has been such an overwhelming joy to share stories with you, and it's been interesting and time-consuming and stressful for me to get them out on time. And in being vulnerable with you, I'm letting you know that there's been some amazing interviews that just I haven't figured out the way to share. So let's enter, this is going to be for the next month or so, a series called Collab Camp. Collab Camp, think of it like summer camp, where we're featuring creators and we're featuring podcasters and maybe even collaborators that I've spoken with, um, marketers, hypnotists, you name it. I'm going to release these episodes every month because keep in mind, listeners, I'm still moving to Hawaii. In fact, we are in the home stretch. Like I'm moving in like single digit days. Ah, that's crazy. So anyway, um, this is collab camp and Justin, thank you so much for taking the time to interview. I hope you guys enjoy the episode and mahalo. Hey, weirdos. I wanna share something with you I've been doing for a couple of months now. It is called Forbidden Bingo with my friend, DJ Rockstar Aaron. We are both from Denver. Uh, Great human. Something that they put on virtually out of the kindness of their heart every week. And I'm just gonna start by saying it's 18 plus, just so you know. but it's Forbidden Bingo. Forbidden Bingo is so much fun. You can play it in person if you live in Colorado or if it plays other places, or you can play it virtually online every Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Wow, I'm about at time zones. But you know what? Just go to ForbiddenBingo.com, grab your tickets, and tell DJ Rockstar Aaron and Rich and all the other people that are playing that I sent you. That's ForbiddenBingo.com and unofficially officially sponsors this podcast. Hey, how's it going? Hi. Hi. Um you are my first recording of the year. It is now 2021. It doesn't feel any different. You and I were just discussing that. Um, to my listeners, this is, of course, please don't kick me out, the podcast about imposter syndrome and the very excited, very cool voice on the other end is Justin McAleese. Justin, oh, would you- 100%. Well, would you, yes, the I got ended. it. Woo! So I good. always ask my guests right before because I, I never want to like trip it up because it bugs me when people can't like get my last name because I had a really hard maiden name and then like a really tough like married name. People just always screw it up. So I always yeah. ask. It's, it's my one thing I learned in journalism school <laughs> back in the day. But anyway, um, would you like to give my listeners kind of your elevator pitch, your 30,000 foot overview, who you are, what you do, et cetera?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, My name is Justin McAleese. I am a filmmaker here in Fresno, California. I co own a video production company named Blair Media. I have a couple movies coming out this year, last year, in in, and around this time. So, got a movie called Brick Madness. That's about a national Lego in our world. In our world, they're called Bricks, Uh, a national Bricks competition. And then I have another movie coming out in March, and that's going to be awesome. That's about. Um, food and eating and and how to eat think and live better it's called better and then uh, there's another thing coming out I, we'll see exactly how that um, unveils itself but that's called um, time crafters and that stars denise richards and malcolm mcdowell and some other faces you might recognize and that's um, maybe uh goonies with the time machine that's sort of how i think about it so that's pretty fun too
0: Oh, nice. That's awesome. It sounds like you've been, you know, keeping pretty busy in the last few years working on projects and just kind of being creative. And I, I think that's really exciting right now um, that people have been just making such cool stuff. I mean, all of that sounds like right up my alley, something my husband and I would pull up and watch. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it.
1: I certainly hope so. Yeah. I hope other people um, at home looking on Amazon cruising through are like, oh, what's this? Oh, those are fun graphics. Ooh, this might be entertaining. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. That's the goal.
0: Absolutely, so, um, you know, last year I would always talk about um, this app that I that, that we use that connected us, but um, I, I don't believe that that's, that's how we met. I think it was just email, um, but um, I was really excited when you reached out because I always do Google all of my guests and kind of see like what they're all about and, and what's kind of their story, and you just had a really positive energy. So I'm excited to have you on the podcast, um, get your perspective for my listeners, and uh, kind of go from there. So are you ready to hop on into it?
1: So ready, dive in.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. So imposter syndrome, um, uh, what I've discovered in the last year in doing this is that, gosh, everyone, it just means something different to everyone, whether you're creative or you're analytical or you're you know, a life coach, whatever you might be. So we'll start with the first question, which is, do you feel like you have it all figured out?
1: no i i mean for one why 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 would you want to be in that position like if i figured out how to do basic math like i'm happy about that two plus two i understand those concepts i'm all about it um anything more complicated than that you start putting yourself into a position where you get probably uh very like like what's there left to explore i mean there's something sad mm-hmm. about like knowing every every nook and cranny of your house or your your the your property or something like that to me like I grew up with a lot of property um, living up the mountains uh, sort of below Yosemite and like you want to feel like there's something left to explore something left to understand and so I would say that if you feel like you have it all figured out that's like a a place where that invites a lot of sort of like sitting back and just pretending like nothing else really makes a difference what you do then I don't know it's a bad place to be I wouldn't want to be there.
0: Yeah, uh, I 1000% uh, agree. I've always said that if um, I asked this question and someone was like, oh, 100% got it all figured out, like tomorrow <laughs> I'm doing this, and then a week from now I'm doing that, I would be so wary because I think like one of the most beautiful things that we as a, as a species, we as humans, we do is we learn, and we grow and we change and we evolve. And then we're kind of seeing within the last year that like the people who aren't willing to grow, change or evolve are kind of being left behind. And, and we're, we're just kind of evolving into these more creative, more empathetic beings doing all this cool shit. And we're, we're, we're moving away from a lot of the stuff that's not serving us anymore. And so I think for me, like in the last year, I've really figured out kind of who I am and what I have to offer. But of course that changes daily. Like what I, what I talked to someone about a month ago probably is different from what I'm thinking now. So, so yeah, I, I agree with you. Like it's that. look, what's the point? Like if you have it all figured out, like it's all right, then I'm going to, you know, hopefully pass away in my sleep because what else yeah, is right. there to, what else is there to do? Yeah. It um, leads to complacency
1: yeah. and just a sense of probably superiority. And I got enough problems with that already. I don't need <laughs> something else adding to that idea. No, it, um, yeah, that doesn't seem like a fun place to be. You you want new things and like in a relationship with your significant other or something. You like you want to sort of know what else you want to learn things about that person. And you know the best, the most important relationship you have is with yourself. You want to be able to learn stuff about yourself. So if it's like it's all dialed in, that seems not that fun place to be. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've been married. Uh, well, I've known him four years. Uh, I've been married. Um, it'll be it'll be four years this year as well. So, okay. so I've been married a while and it's, it's been interesting kind of like, as you say, like, you know, you're growing with a partner, you're changing and your relationships change over time. Like what I've like learned about him, like year over year, it's just kind of like it builds and it compounds, but I'm still figuring him out. Like, I don't, he's, yeah, he's, and he's, it's, yeah it's weird.
1: <laughs> it's reasonable, at least for me, just cause this is how I am. Like, you know, I sort of write down rules of engagement too. And, and not in like a, what would you say? Not in a coarse, blasphemous sort of way of of undermining the idea of it being a fluid relationship, but more just like understanding what works and what doesn't, and it, because you should be able to understand that about yourself to some extent as well, and just like how to engage with someone, I think is smart to as you figure those things out whether it's your parents or your siblings or whoever it happens to be just like understand what works for them because yeah. why, why yeah. fight the hard fight if you don't need to and that takes time and that probably mm-hmm. changes too over time They're oh, yeah different people and it's just like what used to work won't mm-hmm. work in the future
0: oh yeah like when i was in my 20s I, I mean i was i think everyone's pretty arrogant in their 20s and i've touched on this before um in sure. past interviews but I wanted the only thing I wanted is I always just wanted like that fairy tale like relationship that just like swept me off my feet or whatever and and I wanted it so badly that I like was willing to just throw a bunch of darts at the wall and see what stuck and it wasn't until I like started actually like figuring out myself and doing things for me and it's the age-old cliche of like it finds you when you find yourself and you focus on what you need to do for you. So I think you're right. Like the best relationship you can have is with yourself. I mean, ever since I've kind of chosen me and, and worked on me and chosen like what works for me, I've found that like friendships are easier. Relationships are easier. Jobs became easier. Cause I was just like doing things that drove my soul a little bit more. Yeah. That really helped.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm going to backtrack on what I said mm-hmm. that, like, you want it figured out because you do want to figure out a lot of mm-hmm. things, but you don't want to feel like it's ever possible to have it all figured out, quote unquote. Right. So I would say that like understanding, you know, when I was, um, I used to be married, then we got divorced and then I um, ended up marrying someone else and she's great. But going into that process of dating again and all that mm-hmm. stuff, it was important to me to like be as genuine as I could be and maybe like amp myself up 10% 20% mm-hmm. to where if if a girl was like mm, you're weird I'm like excellent see you later and yeah. like it was just super important to like overdo it just a little bit because I wasn't that like worried that I wasn't gonna end up with someone I was gonna find someone and um, I wanted them to be prepared for that sort of situation so I went into that and it was great because sort of how you find out what doesn't work. Like I could do that really quickly of, oh. of, of not trying to make it work, I think is sort of corollary to what you were talking about before.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know if I've even brought this up and, and it's, it's a little bit of a, of a weird uh, story, but I went on like the worst date the day before I met my husband, like the oh. worst date I've ever been. Oh my gosh. Like he, he like tried to take my phone. It was like a whole, it was weird. And then he asked me to write the date at the end of it. And, and kind of what you're saying, it's like, eh, this isn't serving me. Like, I'll just move on. Like, and I, it's no hard, no hard feelings, like whatever. Like, let's we'll just move on. Totally. Like, Cause you know yourself enough to be like, no, like that will not work. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um, and I remember like, I like logged in the next day to delete like all of my apps. Cause I was like, I shouldn't be dating. Like oh, I, no. I shouldn't be date Like we, ugh, like this was bad. And, yeah. um, my husband and I had matched on Tinder on the 28th of December of 2016, they okay. invited me to a bar. I didn't want to go to that bar because I hate that bar. It's like a really oh, douchey, geez. like think of the douchiest bar in your town um, or think about like a bar that's like super close to a, a stadium. Like, okay, a baseball yeah, yeah. Stadium, right. So, okay, it's called the sure. Blue House. Um, I'm really sad that they're still in business to this day. I check constantly, <laughs> I am that petty. Like, I'm like, oh, like, but, but he invited me to this bar, like
1: George Costanza levels of petty. <laughs> he, and yeah. he was,
0: he invited me to this bar. First of all, he's wearing his navy whites in his pic picture. I'm from Colorado. There is no water to be found. What is he doing here? And we didn't really have a lot of military unless you were like Air Force and never dated anyone in the military. All of my stereotypes about military are totally, totally wild mildly off base, although now being married and as a military spouse for almost four years, I, I do actually see a lot of the stereotypes, not okay. with me, but like with other just relationships. Not with him. yeah. Right, where I'm like, whoa! And they did that? Okay. <laughs> um, but, so I, I kind of just made snap judgments and didn't meet him at the bar. He goes on to date other people because he just moved here. I yeah. go on a series of terrible dates, quit oh, a job, geez. you know, go on some more terrible dates, and then I log in to delete everything and he had found my OK Cupid profile, not remembering that I had been like kind of a biatch to him on the 28th of December. Wow, yeah. But he responded to everything in my profile. And the way I wrote it, because like dating's terrible, like the way I wrote it was like, <laughs> do not message me if like XYZ. And he read that as like, she has standards. Every other guy would read that and be like, You're a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> because I would be like, I because I I basically in my do not like message me, I would go through everything that I'd had to like turn someone down for. Oh which okay. I just knew that these are my like I can't go for that, like no can't do, you know, hollow oats kind of thing. <laughs> so uh he messaged me and then I was like, Oh, who's this guy? Oh, it's the same guy in his navy whites. And I was like, he has my phone number. He didn't, but he has my phone number, oh, and he deleted okay. it. And uh yeah. he was like, I'm not taking no for an answer. And we went on a date and we got married eight months later and we've been wow. together ever since. Like And I knew the second I met him, I was like, all right, this is it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's so cool. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) I don't talk about it a whole lot on here just because um, like I've had a lot of, well, it's personal, but also I've had like a lot of friends that have had a lot of dating issues and like the pandemic hasn't really been helping them. Oh, but, sure.
1: Uh, yeah. You don't want to rub it in.
0: Right. Like, and, the, but then I'm also like, you know, I've been, a, I've been, he was maybe around like 40% of last year and I was by myself for 60% of it
1: Jeez, and, yeah. and
0: I'm still by myself. And and so I think like, if, if you can still have just a solid of a relationship with someone in there, you know, in the middle of the ocean somewhere, then I think yeah. like you're in the right thing. So, but yeah, Absolutely. I mean, but I, I, I guess like it goes back to like the, you know, I figured out kind of what i could and couldn't deal with but even when i thought thought i had these preconceived notions i was totally totally wrong so um so yeah i mean i I think like again to go back to it it's it's uh it's okay to not have all of the answers um as long as you are kind of uh learning as you go i think
1: yeah you just want to have a direction and then as as we're writing screenplays you know the process of that is there's a couple different sort of sub parts of this, Mm -hmm. but one of the crucial normal things is like you have a character and the character wants something and you just base everything on what the character wants. Right. So the character wants something. Eventually that character is going to get it or get something very similar. And then the next step is the character realizes that they don't want that. Actually, they want something else and they move on and try to go get the next thing. And that's basically all plots. You just yeah. go from A to B to C to D to E, realizing you actually wanted something else all along. And that's the basically what we how we write a screenplay. Um, there's that and then there's like um, the Cohen brothers would basically say like, you, we just put ourselves our character in a position and we just keep making things harder for them and see how they react. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole process of that. So I mean I, I, that, that's like how we write scripts is sort of how life works. We just know a much cleaner version of the, of the progression of that because it's, you know, you have to understand it. So, so viewing how life affects us in those ways, I think is, is important to, you know, sort of put yourself in the position of being a character in a story. And so then you don't take it quite so personal and it's not the whole universe plotting against you, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you, take that, you know, thousand yard view or whatever it happens to be. I think that's kind of useful.
0: Awesome. Yeah, I I like that analogy. And I like kind of the real world example. And like, for my listeners, because I I do have people write in sometimes, and they're just like, ah, like, I feel this all the time. And like, I'm trying, but I, you know, I just uh, like, like, I, I feel like I'm directionless. Like, I'm in my teens. I live in Poland. Like, the mm. government's this way that way like what what's your advice and i'm like i should not be giving anyone advice well, <laughs> I, did, I don't know i just kind of shoulder my way through things uh but i i like the real world example of like you know hey like movies are written to solve this thing that ends up evolving and then if you think about it it's absolutely true like any movie i've probably watched has changed plot lines like four or five times yeah and eventually that's like it's it what it's it ends designed to be yeah exactly so, as like a, a creative person, kind of, um, you know, what got you into uh, filmmaking and, and screenplays and that kind of stuff?
1: I was a mechanical engineering student at Fresno State for about a year and a half, and I realized very much that uh, a, I sucked at calculus. B, I didn't really like hanging out with the other people in my classes, and it wasn't. I just like I just didn't gel with them. You know, nothing against them. Who knows? But. Um, and C, I just really liked making videos with my friends. And that's what I cared way more about. And I just thought we could make funny stuff that like maybe didn't exist elsewhere. So it just seemed fun and seemed, I was like, I don't want to look back in 30 years and just be stodgy, boring, stupid old Justin. Maybe I make more money. Maybe I, you know, made some rotors for some fans somewhere, whatever the hell mechanical engineers end up doing. Like I was worried. <laughs> about that. You know and i'm like i'd rather make a movie that sounds way more fun so yeah yeah,
0: yeah. engineering is one of those things my dad's an engineer uh, okay and like i i he is the quirkiest person i've ever oh, met but nice. like i mm-mm. if it was like a room of my dad's i probably <laughs> wouldn't be hanging out with them like <laughs> it like, was so weird. it was just yeah
1: they sort of sucked the life out of me at that time and i'm in college and i'm young and everything else and i'm just like yeah. dude everything's fun let's go mess around let's go you know talk shit and be smart asses and and hang out and chase girls and whatever it has to happen to be and
0: that yeah. was
1: not that scenario at all and i was <laughs> like yeah oh, i'm cool see yeah. you guys yeah
0: I wanted to be a graphic artist. So I went to a liberal arts college in uh, Northern Colorado called Northern University of Northern Colorado. And uh, I started out as an art major and um, man, I did not get along with the art kids at all. (laughs) (laughs) At all. They were, uh, we were different breeds. Uh, I have a very, um, I've always been um, very loud. Uh, And and I didn't realize it was because I had undiagnosed attention deficit until like, last year like the huh. pandemic hit and i was like why can't i get the simplest tasks done oh that's why um weird. and it, yeah. it's weird i actually interviewed someone and i after that my husband was like take this test and then call your doctor Interesting. um so so i i just have always had like this kind of like boisterous personality that you know is i, I was in classes with like very introverted art kids that were way more creative than me. And, and I've, I've kind of mentioned that it kind of like hatched a lot of this, like feeling of imposter syndrome. And so
1: I'm curious, i see.
0: curious, um, kind of your definition of imposter syndrome and kind of in switching those majors and, and switching out like what you wanted to do. Um, did you ever feel imposter syndrome?
1: I don't. Yeah. What I would say is like I don't usually feel like I don't belong and like, I'm not capable of a thing. It's not that version of it. Mm-hmm. It's much more the version of other people could easily do this. Like, this is not hard ah. what I'm doing. And I feel like anyone who spent a week do, you know, doing something similar to me could just swoop in and be badass at it. That's how I feel a lot of times. And like a lot of times I hire people and put them to the, the test and that sort of thing and i'm sort of disappointed in that um you know not the people i work with all the time but people i stop working with um oftentimes that turns out that way and i have to remind myself that maybe it is a little more complicated Mm -hmm. or difficult or takes a little more experience um than i often give myself credit for but that that's definitely where i would say i i feel like an imposter of doing something that is as respected as it is within my own little community or that set or or you know the our clients or whatever it happens to be yeah that, that definitely happens
0: that's a that's an interesting take and, and and sort of one of the facets of how i've experienced it is like especially um in working in marketing and advertising and starting out with social media when it was like so new and mm-hmm. no one really knew how to do this like 11 years ago 10 11 years ago Um, for brands. And then like everyone expecting me to like be the expert on everything. So you had, and then like eventually it evolved where like I had to do everything digital and I had to be the expert on every single piece, like email and advertising and public relations and all these other things. And, and it, it got to the point where I just felt like, man, like there's going to be like some 22 year old kid who's going to like get in here and they're somehow like magical at tiktok and snapchat and whatever yeah. like else and yeah and they're gonna take my job from me sure um and that well, it, it, or like or just do it better than me like i i'm just like the old dinosaur now
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that's one thing and i think it's a fundamentally untenable concept that you would be quote unquote the the expert at that when those yeah. things are shifting so quickly and i think with you know not to jump ship here but uh with regards to like distributing brick madness the movie or any of these movies really it's like that stuff changes so rapidly and has because of streaming and netflix and hulu and all how all these things work and how we're not going to theaters and how uh major studios don't have the same kind of pole that they used to for a lot of different projects and tent poles and like there's just a 100 concepts there but the point is things are rapidly changing all the time and most people are operating as dinosaurs and chasing the next big thing because it it sort of doesn't make sense how it's coming down. And a mm-hmm. few players do have a lot of control, but even they're like trying to decide what to do next most times. So anyone who comes at you and says like, oh, I know how to do that. We'll totally get it here, here, and here, and you make a million dollars. Like, unless they got a million and one dollars sitting in their pocket ready to hand you all but one, I don't buy it because I just don't think... That enough people have it figured out because things are so fluid and dynamic these days.
0: Oh yeah, not like I I, I avoided talking about TikTok for a really long time, but I've been thinking about it a lot recently because I've been I, I re-downloaded it and I made a TikTok for my dog. And ah, um, there you go. I'm I I put a lot of thought into these stupid. Ass videos, like I think my dog is very cute, and okay. um, you know, a lot of people on Instagram think he's very cute. Sure. But, um, he's not corgi level cute because corgis are instant like five million or whatever followers. <laughs> but I have a TikTok for him, and I just I don't get it. I have a friend that I went to high school with, and she made a TikTok and went instantly viral.
1: Wow.
0: Like, Like, and so that's like the point is like, I, there is just no algorithm to it. Like there's no way to predict like what's going to work, what's not going to work, like how it's going to distribute if we're distributing a certain way tomorrow. And, and I think like that's something in the last year I've really realized is if I ever do go back into marketing, like I'm going to have no idea what I'm doing anymore. Cause how can you?
1: I think there's ways to set yourself up for success if you Mm -hmm. can also get lucky. And I think there are things you shouldn't do because you'll screw yourself out of potential success. But any guarantee inside of those two sort of hash marks is really difficult to to promise or Mm -hmm. to detail or to explain to someone, "Oh, here's what you do step by step." Right. And and I think that's one of those things that we look for online, you know, like I don't know if you did the searches, but like how to get more TikTok followers, how to get popular on TikTok, how to make videos that people on TikTok watch. Whatever it happens to be, and like all those answers are basically the same because if there was a golden answer that you could just unwrap and put in front of the camera, then people would do it and it would already be done, but none of it is that simple or uh decipherable
0: yeah yeah i haven't actually googled it but i okay. do know that people have yeah. um and i don't i don't i think like uh for me like i'm just kind of like Meh. like tiktok thinks my dog is ugly and so am i like <laughs> it doesn't want to serve it doesn't want to serve any ads it's fine it's fine i'm like whatever like these 11 year old kids like i'm married and i have a cute dog and it's fine. yeah it's you like know I, I don't even know like if I, yeah things. like oh i've got a, the first time i deleted tiktok and my listeners know this. I got in a fight with someone over Chick Fil A, a ten-year-old child over Chick Fil A, <laughs> and I was like, I should not have this anymore. Like, yeah. <laughs> I this is not a productive use of my time. Like, I uh-huh. need to like, I need to delete this. And then I stayed off of it for a really long time. And then they sold it to an American company. And then I was like, okay, I'll, I'll maybe I'll download it again. I'm bored. It's like, is it currently
1: bored. owned by who? Who owns it? Uh, they it was, sold uh... it
0: to like Smite.
1: I want to say it was like
0: Microsoft or something. Oh, really? Or like um, Oracle, like something. Oh, I think
1: think maybe what it was is that, yeah. I think it may be that there is an American division that is owned by Mm -hmm. one of the American conglomerates. And so it like behaves as as if it is owned here by them. But I would have to look into that. I would say that there may be a fine point there that operates both ways. Yeah. That like China still owns the rest of it and so therefore like it might be the umbrella that the other stuff is under i would double check that um uh, not yeah, because i know what i'm yeah. talking about i don't oh. but i'm just saying like i thought it was something more complex like
0: that I, it probably is um because like it originally like if you were military you were not allowed to have it because um there was like all of these like ah oh, but then stuff. they but then they tried to like Something, ha- I don't even know. I have to look yeah. into it for my listeners. Like, I'm probably talking out of my butt. Like, I have no idea. <laughs> but for me, you know, it's just, it, it got annoying. All my friends would send me TikToks all the time. And then I they would take me to the app and it'd be like, download it. And I was like, "Oh, yeah, no, right. like, I don't want to download it. And it's like, well, you have to, so see this. And so I'd be like, can you screen record it? Like, what is that? <laughs> uh, can you download it And they're like, come on, grandma, just sign up to the gym. Yeah, GM exactly. Because they're all Gen Z and I'm a millennial. And I'm like, <laughs> I... I don't, okay, fine. Um, but I don't, I I don't know. I I think like at the beginning of the pandemic, I just sat on there for hours and now I'm like, well, I have other stuff I'd like to do.
1: Yeah. I just, anytime you're consuming media that much, it's It's too much. It's, it's probably not great for you. Yeah. There's other more important things to do,
0: but I, I do like the, um, the notion of, of just kind of in terms of like the imposter syndrome and, and like feeling like, Oh, like someone else could just like learn this real fast and you know be better or whatever um i don't know if like maybe you felt this or, or whatever but i would always feel like oh someone might be gunning for my job and take it but also like no one's as good as me like kind of like i would vet people and i'd expect the same level of um uh, passion towards what what i what, what i was doing or i would expect okay. like the same level of expertise on something and i yeah. like like you would feel disappointed when i'd be like man really that's one job (laughs)
1: yeah i i do often find it maybe this is because i'm a bad teacher i don't know but i often find you know, situations where I'm like, okay, you need to do ABC through Z. These are the important steps. If you miss any of them, it's going to cause problems. Do you understand everything? I said, yes. Are you well aware of how this is going to work when I walk away? Yes, absolutely. And then I come back the next day and it's like, none of that shit was done correctly. It was all out of order. It didn't make sense. And they, tried to sort of cheat the system and it didn't work from someone who knows how it's supposed to look in editing and things like that, or maybe setting up gear or whatever it happens to be. Um, yeah. And I definitely, I think people sort of overestimate how much they can just wing it a lot Mm -hmm. of times and it doesn't pay off. Um, and you really do have to have a lot of, I find in most disciplines that you need to have a pretty big breadth of knowledge to be able to wing it in that way and not get yourself into trouble.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes a hundred percent sense. And I think that's, um, kind of, uh, something I I noticed at least as I was, um, abruptly exiting the the workforce was that, uh, (laughs) there was a lot of corner cutting and, and I was just Mm -hmm. like, come on, like, we don't have to cut corners. We can just do it the way we should be doing it so that, you know, it's ethical. Um, but, uh, Hey, (laughs)
1: It's, it's tough not to, and you don't want to be passed up by someone who is cutting corners and it doesn't matter, you know, and, and there's also the idea that sometimes you have to ship and, you know, you always have to ship and sometimes you have to ship before you feel like you're ready, you know, so if you're at 95%, maybe it's fine. Um, but I think being aware of what internal rules you are breaking for mm-hmm. yourself and, and why you're trying to like get close to, but not perfect on things. I mean, I think everyone has to do that. From a Gary Vaynerchuk standpoint, I mean, it's like it's more important to to always be pushing forward and have something else um, out there in the system for people to be able to consume and know you from and, and, and sort of intake and in matter, mm-hmm. you know, because if you don't ship, then it doesn't make any difference. And yeah. I, I think one thing, too, that is very important is like, you know, when you want something to be perfect, that is a noble feeling right you you mm-hmm. want to get to something that you're really happy with it's also i think there's some nobility in deciding when to let go and move on you know that's what they say about movies like no movie is ever finished it's only abandoned and mm-hmm. so there's a little bit of wisdom there too but um you know i i think uh more more so these days too about like if i'm making a video that's just promoting something online and it's probably going to be gone in a couple weeks or a month and it's only going to last um, for this certain, um, the certain demographic and all that stuff, I'm like, okay, is what I'm doing right now that's gonna take me an extra hour to dial in just how I would normally like it? Like, am I going to sell any more of this thing, or is it going to have an effect on the actual goal of this project or not? And mm-hmm. if it's not, then I'm probably gonna be like, hey, I'm aware that this isn't quite how I would like it, but it doesn't make enough of a difference because i could be spending my time making another one of these videos and maybe that sells more of the product whatever it happens to be you know and this is yeah. very consumery light obviously but you need to focus on those things like what actually matters to this thing and if, are you losing any potential gains um by not fixing that um or are you just stopping yourself from making the next iteration which will be better and will work better so you know that's a complicated thing yeah but you have to know those rules and you have mm-hmm. to realize what you're not doing or what you're fudging on or what you're being complacent about i mean you you have to be acutely aware of that stuff to be yeah. able to forego it i think
0: uh, absolutely i've worked with a lot of creatives in my in my career and um there's been you know, there's a lot of, if you don't really understand the way their brain works, like, or like how they learn or what makes them tick, or if they're even passionate about what they're doing, like those things can kind of make or break um, any instructions you get from a client, of course, from me, um, or, or just kind of what you're looking for if you're like never on the same page. But something I had to learn over time is like, I'm gonna get what I'm gonna get. And like, I'm it's I, I either have to be okay with it or I have to be a better teacher or I have to just like let go a little bit and let them do have their creative process. And that was a really hard thing to learn um, doing project management, you know, in my career. Cause, because there was just so many times where I'm like, why is it not like the way? And then I'm like, well, I couldn't do that. So why am I like being so
1: yeah. reasonable
0: because I'm the one has to go talk to the client when the client's being the one saying like, make it go four pixels this way.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's definitely when you're trying to create stuff. Uh, you know if you're trying to hire someone there's sort of the don't hire van gogh if you want um pick your artist um if you want Bruegel or whatever like you don't hire one thing to get the other thing you you want to hire the thing you want to get and then let them do exactly what they want because then at least you can take that and you can maybe tweak it or modify it to fit within what you want but at least it started off as something that had a little bit more um unique ability to it, right? So that's one thing. You also don't want to go hire someone off of Fiverr and expect (laughs) it to turn out perfect because it's not going to turn out perfect. You're never going to get exactly what you wanted. But what what I do is I hire someone off of Fiverr to do the broad strokes because it might take me a while and they might have some ideas that I don't have. And or maybe i hire two or three people to do the same thing that way i can get a smattering of concepts and then i can take one of those and run with it and i i know going in that i'm never going to get exactly what i need out of it but i know that i can get something that gets me closer yeah. you know um, yeah. so I, I find that that's useful and can can definitely be a way to like it's basically hitting a randomized button you know if you're right. making a flyer or something whatever it happens to yeah. be or a menu for something, you know, you hit a randomized button, you get four different options. That's sort of what it is to hire someone off of Fiverr. Yeah. Um, And then you go from there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I get a lot of like, uh, not necessarily, I don't don't use Fiverr, but I get a lot of, um, I don't know. I get a lot of like people on LinkedIn hitting me up like, Oh, I see you podcast ah, do you want to do X, Y, Z? And like they sales pitch me and I'm like, I don't make money doing this. Like I, it might look like I do, but I don't. And yeah. I'm just doing this cause I like it. And I like talking to people. And, and uh, so no, I, I, really, you know, I appreciate your craft, but I don't need it. <laughs> yeah. um, so I kind of, I, 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 but I get that. Like, uh, you know, you kind of get what you're going to get and you kind of have to like be either okay with it or like sometimes you get lightning in a bottle and, and it's awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that usually costs more money and it usually takes more time. And so that's great. And if you can't hire, if there's a need to hire those people for those situations, definitely do it. We did. um, No one's ever seen it because we never had our um, marriage the way it was supposed to go, the wedding we were supposed to have. Um, We ended up doing it a different way two weeks later and the super white trash wedding that we ended up having. But um, at the beginning of this year, in May, rather, we were supposed to get married and uh, it got all switched around. So the point is, we had um, one of my great artist friends who uh, goes by the name of Icho. He put together, I was like, hey man, we need a invite for our wedding. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, basically, do, here's some pictures of us. Do what you want. Here's the information we need on there. Very, you know, just like the day and date and place sort of thing, pretty simple in our names, I guess. And I was like, go at it. And so he basically took, he took our two pictures and he put my face on her body and her, her face on my body. And it was all hand-drawn. It's, you know, it's yeah. fine art and it looks ridiculous. And where I'm, I look stupid and I'm wearing this dumb clothing and all that. And it just, it doesn't make sense. And it's not, it's not particularly flattering maybe, but it's great. And, and I'm like, and I showed it to her and I, I was just like, it's, it's great because I never would have done that. It's not what I wanted to do. <laughs> you know other people are going to be like what is this and i'm like well you i gave it to an artist and an artist gave me what they wanted and it's not it's not going to you know there's nothing uh what do you want to say there's nothing explicit about it so <laughs> why else would i be able to complain you know i thought it was awesome <laughs> and i think That's we'll funny. use it at some point yeah and it's just so ridiculous but i'm like that's what he did man I mean that's
0: 2020 100%. right you know like that's 2020 like you like, sure. you weren't expecting to get that back no I got I got married by an Elvis in Vegas oh, nice. oh his butt crack was out and it was <laughs> dream I wanted fat Elvis but I got cocaine 70s Elvis <laughs> um and uh my husband and I like I mean like to this day like when people ask about our wedding or people ask about like us getting married i mean we eloped like months before that just so i could you uh, know get in all the military stuff and be done oh with yeah, that. yeah sure but but that was like it didn't matter because we'd already had our like elopement day like together and no one was there and we wouldn't got breakfast burritos mm. after and all of that and so like <laughs> elvis's butt his like perfectly tanned butt cheeks just hanging out like i was like this is fucking hilarious like this is so funny like this is like the funniest thing and yeah. I don't know why I'm crying like like I wasn't upset I was like crying like happy tears I was like this is like my dream like it happened uh, and so funny you know his, his little show pants were unclipped and he had like a little speaker and it was it was great if if to my li- I've always told my listeners it's like if you can elope and do something just ridiculous do it because it's just so fun yeah. I'm not a wedding person. So I'm like, eh, like that was what I wanted to do. And I still
1: yeah, have fun. It was going to be great. Our, our real wedding, quote unquote, was going to be great. And, you know, it didn't work out that way. And we'd already planned to have to renew our vows. My idea was because we always go every year, we go to the same place called mm-hmm. Hicksville. And um, we were going to, quote unquote, renew our vows two weeks later, right? Mm-hmm. And so we were going to have in that way, the people that are there who weren't going to get to the actual wedding could like, they could share in it and everything else. So this is going to be great. And um, so that became the wedding. And yeah, I was glad that it, I wasn't glad that we didn't get the other one, but I was glad that it worked out the way it did. It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. We had um, uh, the best man, my buddy, Robin. He, um, he's one of those guys is an improv guy and all that. Mm-hmm. And he's one of those guys that will take something to its um, logical end and just and not even think twice about it. Like that's what it is. And so he did the best man speech and he had a, a bag of chili cheese Fritos. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and all he did was read the ingredients, like nothing else. All he did, was, <laughs> he stood up, he read the ingredients, and then he sat down. And that was it. And and it's it's the funniest thing to me. It takes such dedication. It's so perfect. And it wow. was, and we were like helping him through it because he was having because he's supposed to be sort of a dumb shit redneck and he's like struggling through it and the other people the other. You know, people, the bearers or whatever, like sounded out, sounded out, Monosodium. Montes, Montes, yep. There you go. Keep it going. <laughs> it was so stupid. And I love it. And I so love we, that. I, I have the little bag. It's sitting in my house, right? Along with yeah. some other little trinkets and whatnot. That's so
0: awesome. Yeah, so, so in turn, yeah, like to just kind of like who back into it. I mean, you were, I, I find you, you, you and I must have very similar humor, Cause I, I look at things and I'm like, well, that happened. And it's nothing about that. wasn't hilarious and amazing and a great memory and all of that. For sure. um, sounds like you've had a lot of really cool successes in, in like the last year and, and, you know, you know, marriage for one and, and uh, you know, creative uh, opportunities and getting in front of like the places that you need to get your projects to go forward. So what does success look like to you? And do you feel successful?
1: Um Yeah, let's see. Uh, success is you know, the simplest terms is to be able to work hard at work worth doing. I think that's the thing that I would say. That's a basically a Teddy Roosevelt quote. And I think that that's important. Success would not be like sitting on an Island or something like that, or relaxing or having nothing to do. I think that would be terrible in a lot of ways. So yeah, just being able to, I think a successful day to me, not like professionally speaking or whatever But going up and uh, we have a tree that's going to, we're in California. So, I mean, you're always worried about wildfires and all that. Um, And, you know, chopping down a tree and getting rid of it and putting the wood so we can burn it in six months and putting all the rest of the stuff in a pile so that you can burn that later. And every we get something accomplished. Like that's work worth doing. It's hard work. It's fun to me because it is a process that is important to the land and all that other stuff and keep Mm -hmm. them warm in the, in the winter. So I would say that that's my, like, that's what success is to me. And so that finds a lot of different opportunities every day when I'm making videos or I'm writing stories or um, I'm being a, a director of photography on someone else's set, whatever it happens to be. I think you have to find things that you care about and, and that are worth doing that you can execute well because you have specific talents that make you different than other people and that you work on those talents and try to have them as optimal as you can. Yeah. That's, that's my definition. I forget what the say. Se- oh, am I a success? When I chop down trees, I'm good at that. I don't know about anything else. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh. Uh, I I like the analogy. I, I I think it's a great metaphor for just, ent- just the entire like, last year and, you know, just how much, you know, self-discovery a lot of people have been doing and and all of that. And, and and I keep coming back to the same conclusion that like, if it's, if it's not something that like brings you joy Marie Kondo style, like why are we doing Mm -hmm. it? Like what, what's the point? Like you, like you said, to go back to the mechanical engineering thing, like you could be making more money. You could be, you know, in a career that's probably stable. I mean, my dad's been working at the same place for like 20 years, like more than that. I mean, he's in his sixties now, but Um, but like, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, but like, would you be happy and, and, and work worth doing? Um, it it took me a while to realize like, okay, like my podcast doesn't it doesn't make, it's not like I monetize it, but it doesn't really, it's not gonna keep the lights on. Like we're not gonna, sure. my husband's never gonna be like, let me get out of the military. And like <laughs> this anchor.fm podcast is really gonna, yeah, right? really gonna pay those bills. No, it's not gonna happen <laughs> like that. I, it would be really cool if that would happen. It's not even my imposter syndrome speaking. I just, I like to do this. Um, I, it doesn't matter to me what the outcome is. I feel like I've had enough people tell me like, this has been something that has helped them or changed their life or helped them realize something about themselves or connected them to someone in their movies, you know, like your, your, yours will. And, and that to me is way more fulfilling than any monetary goal. It's way more fulfilling than any job I could go to or any corporate career that I've ever had. And so I like that analogy because I think, I think that more people should be doing the work that drives their soul
1: yeah absolutely. That makes our soul burn, right? right? yeah. and I think it's important to, you know, when you're talking to doing what you love, i I don't think is a very it's not a very there's not very much equanimity in that sense of like knowing what that means and placing that above all other mm-hmm. things. And it's just like it doesn't it's sort of a hollow concept to me. Mm-hmm. I think it's more important to do you know, if you're picking a career or whatever it happens to be like, pick what you can't stop wanting to be better at. I think that's a much better definition for me. So like, if I want to continually improve in something, that's what I should be doing. Cause if I love it, then I'm going to stop wanting to do it at some point because it's not going to be fun and I'm not going to care. It's going to be a drag or whatever mm-hmm. it is. But if like, hopefully you are in this position, it's like, you want to find new guests. You want to find new people that get you going and you know, they, they turn you on and, and, new information and find new people to listen to it and uh, keep bringing your audience along to where they're getting more out of it than they did the week before hopefully you're in a position like that and that's different than just like i like it you know i mean <laughs> that's so hollow like what does that even mean <laughs> and i think whether you can enumerate those things and point to them specifically or not i think it still matters and i think it's still probably at the heart of whatever it is that really feels fulfilling. I think that's some of the definitions of those things.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I agree. I think it's, I think it's great advice. It's sound advice. Um, I'm, this will be my imposter syndrome speaking, but I still can't believe that I have people listen to this podcast. (laughs) I'm always like, huh? They're like, like, I had a friend today. She was like, I finally listened to your podcast. I'm on episode five. I was like, Ooh, like, I don't think those episodes (laughs) get better for a while, but she's like, it's really good. And I'm like, I didn't. You you don't have to tell me that, but thank you. Like, (laughs) I've only been talking about it for a year. Um, Yeah. How many episodes in are you? uh, At the time of recording, we just did episode forty-one, which was a guy named Eddie McNamara, and he uh, was a he's a former first responder from nine eleven, and he's now an author and a chef, nice, and just like a really cool dude. So, uh, I I I don't know. I've, I've it's been like a really wild journey, like. I'm friends with uh, a drag performer named Charlie Hydes and just all these other like things have happened in the last year where I'm like, well, this is crazy. Like bonkers, I would huh. have never, ever predicted it, but it's 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 awesome. It's been a really cool journey. Um,
1: yeah. But
0: the thing I like the most when I do these interviews is the things that I find, I really get my guests' brains, like what makes them tick. So uh, what is one or a few things that you're fanatical about and why?
1: oh man that's a long list um i'm fanatical about my love of the simpsons the first 12 or so episodes 12 or so seasons and and a few other sort of cartoons in that vein um but yeah i would think that i i have a a lot to say about that and i can go toe to toe with anyone who wants to discuss any of those uh those episodes or seasons and i think that it brings To someone who's into that and can get past, you know, animation and things like that, just basic um, building blocks of what, say, The Simpsons is, I think it, I can argue that it brings more clarity to the world via satire than almost anything that's ever existed.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, so I'm fanatical about that. I think it would be fair to say.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, The Simpsons did it first every single time. Yeah, right. And you cannot point me into a thing where the Simpsons didn't cover it or do it or talk about it yeah. or animate it. I mean, that's, 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 it's the one show that like if the world ended tomorrow and there was a time capsule, like it would be the Simpsons, there would be nothing else. It would just be the Simpsons in that time capsule.
1: <laughs> I, I think that's a fair way to look at it. I mean, it's, yeah, it's not, there are other shows that, you know, the arguments could be made to, to put in that thing. But I think that the Simpsons had the ability to point light at everything and get to the core of it in the most effective you know perfect way possible and make it funny and Ah. and help us like oh it's okay it's a joke it's we get it we can all go along with this together and realize just how silly these super important things are
0: yeah yeah and along with fanaticals i do love in popular opinions i always say as long as your unpopular opinion doesn't hurt me or other people, EG racist um, or, or super close-minded. I'm cool with it. So uh, usually I give the example that I think cantaloupe is absolute trash. I I need to think of a new one for 2021. I've said that so often, but, um, but uh, yeah, what do you, what do you, what do you like uh, have unpopular opinions about?
1: Do you, you don't remember what I wrote? Do you? Oh, Oh, okay. I remember filling this. I remember filling it out, but I don't remember at all what I wrote. I might have said, for some reason this is in my brain, it'd be sweet if it wasn't. Um, I think um, most people shouldn't be voting. Like, I don't think they know enough about the government or any of the stuff that they're talking about to actually have, I I think that most people are like willfully ignorant about most Mm -hmm. things and probably don't deserve to have a voice. I'm not going to take it away from them, nor do I think anyone else should. I'm not advocating any of that because that's a whole different level. Mm -hmm. But the whole like, get out and vote thing to me, regardless of which side of the platform you're on or anything like that. I'm like, yeah, but those guys don't even can't even name a country other than the US like I don't want them talking, deciding who gets to determine our international affairs. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that's what I would say about that. That's not very popular.
0: No, it's okay. I, I, I would agree with you because I feel like people sometimes get so, um, caught up in the rat race of voting that they forget that like, you're really just voting on the issues in your district. You're not really voting (laughs) on anything beyond that. And you should, they always give you a booklet. You should always read it and you should see both sides of it. And like, you should always be informed, but like the average person, like kind of forgets that like you're voting, you don't vote every four years and you should be voting. If you're going to vote, you should be voting always. Sure. Um, because the biggest changes that you can make are at your district or state level um, or even your city level. Um, yeah. I'm I'm still a Denver voter because of the Military uh, Relief Act. My husband and I are both Colorado citizens, even though he's from Orange County, California, and we hmm. own a home here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but we're still we're still Colorado voters. And it sucked because I live in a pretty impoverished area of um, San Diego County and East County. It's kind of like a more unincorporated part. It's called Lemon Grove. Um, and yeah. I didn't get to vote on the things that I feel like would have made oh, bigger yeah. changes and sure. it was a bummer because I kind of felt like the kid that got like, picked that last for dodgeball like because oh, I would no. see all these things and the mayor's having like you know people you know running for district and all of that and I was re- like reading their platforms and be like man I would have voted for that person or oh maybe I would have voted for that person or this or that or the other thing so that was kind of a bummer <laughs> this year where I was or last year, where I was like, well, that sucks. Like I'm voting on Denver things, but I'm not even there anymore. So I don't even know. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know like what, what Denver is like anymore. It's been a couple of years. So yeah, 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 it was hard. It was hard on me this year. I was like, I didn't think it would affect me that much, but it really bummed me out.
1: <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. It's, you know, that's good for you. I mean, and don't misconstrue what yeah. I'm saying to say that, you know, taking your civic duty, mm-hmm responsibly and seriously is not important. I'm saying that's incredibly important. And I'm yep. saying it takes a lot of work and most people don't want to put in the work or don't have exactly. the time or whatever it happens to be. I'm not even blaming them. I'm just saying like, if you can't, if you're not going to take the time to, um, to educate yourself and read the whole book, like you said, I mean, I did, I do essentially every time I read the entire book, um, at least enough to form an opinion about some things that, you know, I, am fairly clear cut about and, I just think that's important and I, you know, do what Hank Hill would do. Yeah. You know, like I, spend the time, be care, yeah. like make it matter to your life and have some pride about the the choices that are made either yeah, way. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. I I totally agree. I don't think that's unpopular at all and and I absolutely agree with you. I mean, you got to take the time, you got to put in the effort. Do I have to come up
1: with another one? No,
0: no. I think we can just, no, you're perfect. I think (laughs) we can go towards, because we're we're winding down if you can't tell. Uh, We're going towards, um, especially since it's you are the first interview of 2021. Hooray. Mm -hmm. Exciting. Um, I I was telling you when we started that I just don't feel like it even feels like 2021. Um, And, you know, like just we're both in the same state of California. We're both supposed to be in lockdown, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. Um, so what's currently making you happy in the world? Um, as there's not a lot of joy, right? So
1: uh, I'm just happy to be selling my movie. Finally, honestly, Woo-hoo. for the selling Break madness. We haven't even hardly really talked about it at all. Yeah. Well, let's talk fine. about it. No, 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 no We got what? Three minutes left. Come on. Don't get me started here <laughs> an hour and <laughs> but a half. It,
0: it segues into promotion, right? So now you get to promote yourself. Go. There for you it. go. Yeah. No,
1: it's, it's a fun movie. It doesn't have anything about politics it's like pg-13 ish it's like that's like a soft Mm pg-13 you can show it to your kids and all that you'll be totally fine you'll be happy and um it's not a movie that deals with all these terrible things that beset us on a daily basis there's no pandemics in it there's actually a character that wears a mask throughout most of the movie but that's for a totally different reason Mm -hmm. um and uh yeah it's just just like a fun thing so i'm glad that it's getting out there and I'm getting feedback and getting, you know, you, you can tell, hopefully I can tell, hopefully I'm not being suckered. If I am ignorant is bliss, I'm cool with it. But hopefully I'm not being suckered into people telling me like, Hey man, this is really great. I love this. Or this is my favorite part. or You know, all these, I've been getting excellent feedback in terms of that. And I love it. And, you know, I think any artist, hope, I think most artists really like sort of crave that they feel uncomfortable about it depending on how they Mm -hmm. get it, like in person or whatever, but they still crave it. I certainly do. And, you know, I'll sit and talk about my movie forever with someone who wants to talk to me about it because it's like I spent so much time on it. spent tens of of thousands of hours like living with it. And so I want to hear what they got out of it um, more than just a sentence or whatever. So, you know, that's been incredibly valuable to me since that just happened, basically. And I've been able to get a lot of solid reviews from friends and family and and that's been great um in terms of the wider thing that's like i don't know i mean we push past it we do have a vaccine it is getting warmer eventually we are in a position to be we we know where like the sunset or sunrise or however you want to look at it is going to be i think we have a, a decent idea of it mm-hmm. more people are going to die but you know shit, we're the world's not coming to an end we have we have some fucking toilet paper, so you know yeah, it's gonna know. be all right.
0: <laughs> I know it's great. Where can uh, where can my listeners find Brick Madness?
1: Yeah, just go to Amazon. I mean, that's ah, one awesome. of the easiest ways. Yeah, um, that's where it is. You can go to brickmadness.com too. We have um, DVDs and Blu-rays, like we have super swaggy type of thing called the Brickmaster Edition to where you can get actual mini figs like the little Lego dudes um, of one of the characters and these magnets and, and bricks, bits, candy and all sorts of fun stuff that we have in there. Um, that's really cool. Brickmadness.com. You can find all that stuff.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, okay. super fun. Um, I love that you were like, I'm going to speed because I was like, I'll cut you off in an hour. I really won't. But um, we are coming towards the end. Um, and uh, where can my listeners you know, find, find you if they want to connect with you?
1: Yeah, um uh, Instagram at Justin makes movies. Um find me on Facebook. If you see how my name is spelled, I am the only one in America, to my knowledge, maybe the entire world. So um you can find me very easily uh on Facebook and I would be happy to talk to you if you watch the movie and you could leave a review on Amazon, that's cool. But if you can just like if you want to hit me up and be like, hey man, your movie sucked, and I'll be like fucking cool. This sounds good, man. I like, (laughs) I would love to hear from you regardless. If you're like, Hey, this is bitching. I like it. Then, um, that would be fine too.
0: That, that's awesome. And um, thank you so much. Um, I was really excited that you're the first interview of the year. You've really like reinvigorated because I took a break for a month. I had a lot going on in December as we all did. Yeah. Um, and it was it's just it's just really great to talk to someone who, you know, like they built they love what they're doing and they're doing some cool stuff. And, and I'm excited to check the movie out. I will let you know if I hate it. Um, I probably it. won't. I'll probably love I, it. I
1: doubt <laughs> it. I think you might like it. I think you'll have a good You're time like, with We have it. the
0: same humor, dude. Like, get yeah. over
1: it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, hey, real quick. Uh-huh. A money back guarantee for anyone. <laughs>
0: okay. Promise
1: you. I promise I'm you. Like, I'm pissed. You give I will me that. follow through on that shit. If you watch it and you don't like it, I will send your $10 back. I'm not kidding. <laughs> well,
0: yeah. awesome. Well, thank you, Justin, so much for taking the time to speak with us today. I'm Please don't kick me out the podcast about imposter syndrome and to my listeners. As always, all of the stuff finding the movie, any other information that you need that's pertinent, that's going to be in the description. Feel free to hit Justin up, um, you know, hound him for your money back. But I think you're all going to like the movie. Um, I know I did a little bit of research, you know, obviously on each guest and I, you know, I'm excited about it. So Uh, yeah, thank you so much. I hope you have a lovely day. Oh, my goodness. I am so excited to announce that of merch. It is my 90s fantasy. And I just have to say thank you to my friend, dear, dear friend, Lara, who is the second guest ever of my podcast. We just celebrated one year of the podcast. We now have a lovely website. She helped me help computer. Uh, And uh, so if you want to live your 90s fantasy, we've got mugs, we've got blankets, we've got fanny packs, we're working on a denim jacket. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. So go to please do shop and buy some merch y'all. pep.com and you can enter P D K M O at checkout to receive 15% off your order.